0: Bentz, um, of Dalryada Trustees and I have with me here Greg McGinnis. Greg is a, an experienced professional trustee um, working within Dalryada's Glasgow office um, and uh, we're making a, a few videos about the area of pension scheme governance and trusteeship and uh, what we wanted to talk about today is the area of sole trusteeship. Um, sole trusteeship is something that has been covered specifically in the new um, accreditation framework or rather the um, professional standards that have been launched by the APPT, the Association of Professional Pension Trustees. So Greg, just to kick off, do do you want to maybe talk through what um, the requirements of the new framework are for social studies? Yeah,
1: sure. It's probably a good starting with the wider difference. So, um, I hard, the regulated pension regulator appears to be quite nervous about sole trusteeship. doesn't like the idea of one person being in charge of a pension scheme. Um, they very much value diversity of thought and duality of thought when managing what is quite often a very important um, part of a business. So, when working with the APPT to create the standards, they wanted to make sure that the, the value and benefits of our trustee board maintained, even in the situation where was there wasn't a board. So, in addition to the standards that are required from standard trust, professional trustees, and shares of trustees, to be a sole trustee, there has to be a firm. It can't be a sole trader. And that firm has to have at least two members who are themselves accredited trustees. They also have to have certain processes and procedures in place, but externally, a connected audited to make sure that the pension scheme is being managed properly and within a process, and the checks and balances of a wider board are protected, even though it is one legal entity which is trustee. Uh, because see, the Regulator does recognise there is a need in certain situations. Uh, in fact, there are situations where they appoint professional trustees. In many cases, Dalriada has been appointed for the Benefit of Pension Scheme with sole powers by the Pensions Regulator, but they still want to make sure that all trustees that are accepting those appointments have, to be honest, the similar structure that Riada and some others already do, and to avoid there being a place where one person is responsible for the security of individuals' um, pension benefits. Um, it's also quite interesting that they, um, beyond the accreditation process and the standards, the regulator still appears to be fully forming in its view. Um, in the most recent consultation on the future of pension trusteeship, there are some questions about what sole trustees should look like including whether it's enough to just have a firm with two accredited trustees, or that you must have those two accredited trustees involved in all decision-making and involved in every meeting. Um, and again, that's something we would completely agree with, because that's how we do trusteeship. That's how we do trusteeship even on, where we're only a co-trustee of board. We believe that no one person can be an expert in everything, and therefore you need to have a group of people with a variety of skills to be the best trustee you can be?
0: Well, certain, certainly I, w- I was looking at some statistics there, just in terms of our own business, and uh, the uh, if, if you strip out, um, Dalryada would have some appointments of a regular nature, and we would have um, appointments where schemes are in PPF assessment, where sole trusteeship is, is kind of, Almost the norm, really, these days. Um, and uh, if you strip that out, about half our business is actually sole, sole trusteeship. Um, my sense is that quite a lot of employers are seeing sole trusteeship as a solution that they are willing to embrace. Probably um, increasingly, you're finding executives in businesses are not members of the pension scheme themselves and are a little bit disengaged from the pension scheme maybe see it as a legacy liability and uh, don't really see any upside for them as individuals in in being trustees Um, but similarly you know are uncomfortable perhaps in having member-nominated trustees just acting on a trustee board without um, employer trustees there so I think that probably the primary driver is the convenience of of, of having a sole trustee board and uh, certainly we, we've seen um, situations of schemes that we've inherited where schemes have been run by sole trustees who have maybe not operated things to the best possible standards but um, I, in, in, in practice, the, you know, one would hope that the accredited trustee firms that are made up of accredited individuals will be capable of operating schemes effectively with the new standards. <coughs> the, uh, so, so certainly we're seeing that trend of sole trusteeship being something that, that is that's popular in the marketplace. We've taken a deliberate view as a business not to promote sole trustees specifically. We we approach the appointment neutrally, and if anything, we probably include I think a slight bias towards um, or away from sole trusteeship in that um, if if you have engaged trustees who have a knowledge of the history of the business, um, who have Develop the necessary skills and competencies. You do lose something in bringing a sole trustee in and attaching that knowledge of history, unless you're in a very specialized thing like a, a PPF process. But we have developed a number of ways of kind of reaching a halfway house where we would act as a sole trustee, but we try to bring other skills on board. You've got some experience of working in situations like that, Greg. How, how how would you see that working in practice? You
1: know, indeed, in fact, it's quite interesting the various models that we've experienced of almost an organic move to um, to sole trusteeship from a point where we were appointed as a co-trustee on a boards, and um, and sometimes it's not just the executives that as a legacy issue; it is that there's no employees left. That were members of that pension scheme, and it's harder to find member nominated trustees as well. So it, it almost is the sole trustee is the solution because otherwise there will be no trustees. We're in those instances we might find we have been a co trustee for several years and we've managed to take on the knowledge of, of the past um, and preserve it so that we can then move forward. In other situations it's been the, the it's been the right thing for the pension scheme as it goes through its life. It's gone through the difficult periods, it's got to a place where the pension scheme is almost set on its journey plan to its end game and it's best seen that, the, that an executive manager is the best way to take that forward, providing they have all those skills. But normally that would also happen in a place where we've had the modern share. In recent years we found um, quite a few cases where the um, employer has made a decision for whatever reason that it would like a sole trustee, Um, quite often it's through conflict management or because the directors of the company are conflicted and can't be trustee but they want to make the step straight away, because they want to see the benefit straight away and step away. So what we've found, we can do a couple of different things. In quite a few instances, we've had a, um, a subcommittee, if you like, or a, um, a consultative committee that sits with no legal, no legal um, responsibility, or and, or decision making rights, but they observe the trustees and they see that we are managing the scheme the, the way they would expect it to be managed, and we can take advantage of their historical knowledge. Or sometimes it's just that we just stay in touch. The outgoing trustees, we have an open invite that they can come and sit in trustee meetings and observe, but they have no real official capacity. Or we just pick up the phone and we make sure we have that ongoing relationship. Because the most important part, I think, is that the Evercode trustees know that the trustee that's taken over is a sole trustee, it still has the same obligations as they have. They are still there for the benefit of the members and they put the members first, which I think is sometimes a concern, and possibly where you have your smaller businesses or your one-man um, organisations that are very much required on that appointment. Mm and it can be hard for them to say no to employers sometimes mm. if that employer is too material to it. uh, still um, whoever pays the paper and provided you have appointed a firm that has all the right safeguards in place the accreditation Framework is put in place that should minimise if not take away that risk mm. because you have a proper firm who has a white book of appointments this one is not material but also they have the accredited processes in place that they have to follow that are being externally audited which um, should take away that potential conflict of sole trustees and make sure that any outgoing trustees know that the person taking on the the torch is going to give it the same focus on the members as needed moving on to talk
0: about trusteeship in practice and acting as a sole trustee. Greg, you and I have worked on, on cases together where we've both been trustee representatives working on the same on the, on the same scheme or as professional trustees and hopefully in the future to be accredited. Indeed. Um, professional, tr- professional trustees. The, you know, to my mind, uh, it, it, it's, it's a key part of our belief as a firm that you know, diversity of thought and diversity of background. I I, I come from background of having um, an actuarial background, um, some broad ranging experiences as well, but primarily my training was as an actuary. Greg uh, has broad ranging experience as a as a manager and and uh, as a consultant. And uh, there are areas where we've got specialisms and can to each other's knowledge. But increasingly, Daryat has been drawing people from a broader range of, of experience. We have people who previously worked for the pension Regulator, uh, we have people who worked in the past for the PBF, uh, we've got several people from corporate finance and licensed and insolvency um, backgrounds, investment backgrounds with someone who's a specialist in information security and, 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 and data and you know, to my mind you know, it should be a team effort um, now the way we work is that every uh, situation where any material decisions are being taken there will always be two trustee representatives there then drawing in other people um, uh, where required who would have specialism in, a div- in a div- To my mind, that kind of approach is something that we believe in as a firm and is a direction that the regulator should be moving and will certainly be responding to the forthcom- forthcoming consultation in that sort of light. But Greg, do you have any observations yourself in terms of in, in terms of the benefits of, of having that broader professional
1: skill set to acting as a trustee? It's, Pension scheme is one of is a very interesting beast. It it requires some understanding of data security very much so. It, it requires you to understand at least a very basic level at CO size. You also have to very much understand the legal framework, which I forgot to mention, lawyers. We've got, <laughs> few, we've got a few. <laughs> we've got a few lawyers on our team. I hope they're not watching this video, or i managed to forget them completely. It's always easy to forget the lawyer, but because we're all we're all um, frustrated lawyers ourselves. But uh, the legal framework of dependency and the wider framework it lives within, and then we have the interaction of of the employers and having to negotiate a funding agreement with them. But on top of that, the employer will go through s- corporate journeys. Where is restruction or does MA activity or something? No one person, as much as we we are mostly polymaths, no one person can be an expert in all of that stuff. I sometimes like to think of it in the, the, the medical model where your standard daily trustees are working as GPs. They know how to put on a bandage. To tell, to tell you to take some painkillers, to identify what the problem is, but once you identify a problem and it's a serious problem, you may have to look to experts, consultants, um, to really get to the bottom of the problem and make it work or manage it through. Traditionally, trustees at large have that has meant taking lots of advice. But not only taking lots of advice, but advice about what advice to take which could be inefficient and very costly. But by having a trustee that has at their fingertips access to such a wide range of specialism means you know exactly what advice to take when in the best most efficient route forward. Which helps everyone in the long run because it means that things happen faster. It doesn't have to wait till quarterly meetings. It doesn't have to wait till triennial valuations. It means we can be just constantly keeping the pension scheme in the best fitness. Um, So yeah, there's no replacement for the wider universe of consultants and advice that a pension scheme trustee needs. But having that broad church at home means you get to use your consultants and your advisors in the best possible way. Well,
0: certainly, I know that even even on my home turf, uh, it's a home turf of of um, uh, actuarial work. Even on my home pitch, in actuarial work, I will tend to go through the valuation that's been received from the scheme actuary. Um, you know, make my own notes and observations on it, but I'll quite often confer with someone else within our team from an actual background and say do you agree? Do you, do you think my take on this is right? Um, and whenever I get into something that you know I would inevitably have some knowledge of about, or about but less you know, professional expertise such as uh, in part covenant or analysis on legal issues or something like that, I'll take the advice from the schemes covenant advisor or from the schemes legal advisor and I'll if, if if I feel I need to, I'll very often seek out a colleague who I think may have more knowledge and, and um, involve them in, in decision making. So to my mind, that idea of, of uh, working as a as, as sole trustee, it, it, it's important that that diversity of thought is there and, and, and certainly we fully support the idea that the regulator has that there should certainly be at least... In our case, I think it's very often more than two, but there should be at least two yeah. people who are involved in any in any decision making, at least material decisions. Well, okay. Right, clear, right. clear, clear, clearly, there may be some day-to-day minor decisions that that you know, need to be taken of an administrative nature, but um, but certainly for major decisions, there needs to be some form of diversity of professional background and, and just different different
1: mindsets. Yeah, you have to remember the model you're trying to replace and do better because you're doing it at a professional level, but you're replacing a model where you'll quite often have had some legal or accounting knowledge on the books. You might not have had the FDA, possibly the in-house counsel, probably had some HR professionals involved there, and the people whose day jobs or whatever the business tends to do. So you're replacing that the diversity of thought of diversity, but even there would have been some decision day-to-day that would have been delegated to the chair of trustees or the scheme section. So it's quite normal that there will be some imitating decisions that happen, but you, you're you replacing, hopefully, a very higher-functioning, more board, diverse board it, with a sole trustee, so it's important that you make sure that that sole trustee, and because they have being paid in the professionals, do that but an even higher standard. Another aspect,
0: obviously, it's referred to in the pension regulator's um, uh, consultation document on governance. Talks about diversity in a broader sense. You know, you know the you know trustees reflecting the gender and age profile of, of the scheme membership as as, as well. Now um, that's an area that that they observe. Trustees tend to very often be older than the pension scheme membership, and maybe not with the right uh, gender or or other uh, um uh, uh, balance uh, in in terms of uh, characteristics as as the as the membership of the scheme. Um, that's something that's important too. Um, on the basis, I think the regulator rightly recognises that people from diverse backgrounds, um, coming at things from different angles and different perspectives will actually, um, help in providing better decisions. And, uh, again, it's another strong reason for there being more than one person involved in, in, um, the, um, in in the, uh, uh, decision-making process. I mean, I, I know that as Dalriada, we're, um, I know that as Dariada, we are putting a great emphasis on people having a career as a trustee. Um, So, we've got some people on our team who have started early in their careers assisting other trustees um, and then moving on to become trustees in their own right, but who have never really done anything other than be a trustee. Now, clearly, that is bringing in a, a younger um, uh, demographic uh, into our decision making as a firm, which which is helpful. Um, we're doing some work on on um, uh, the area of unconscious bias as well, ensuring that you know we're looking carefully and sure in making sure that decisions that we're taking as trustees are not influenced by. Everybody, everybody comes from their own background and, and, you know, will only have themselves deeply interacted with people from certain backgrounds and, and, and experience and life experience. So, we're doing a lot of work and trying to ensure that, that sort of unconscious bias doesn't get carried through in the decisions we take or things that we say or the influence we have on, 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 on trustee boards. Uh, we're doing a lot of work to try and ensure that, that as best possible. We can get uh, good reflection of, a, of, of an equal gender balance in our uh, in our trustee representatives. We're not quite there. We still probably have a, a majority of men um, acting as professional trustees, um, uh, which probably reflects the dynamic now, in the industry more broadly. That, that is um, a very
1: difficult one to manage, and we are we are, we are getting there. But we, we have an industry at large that is proportion, especially at a senior level, you need a certain level of experience and knowledge and ability to be being a professional trustee. And it's in the, our industry we ha- that has generally been white middle class and middle aged men. And it's developing. Well, who could you possibly be <laughs> referring to, Greg? <laughs> in the, but most of them English and obviously we're and Scottish. We have... We have social diversity amongst us already. But it's, a, it's, hard, it's, it's important that when we diversify, we have the best people from the diverse groups. So it's a gradual process, but I think we're a, we're a long way or have made a very good start towards that process. That we make sure that we have the best people that cover as much social, gender, cultural diversity as well as subject matter diversity Uh, it can only be for just like it can only be good for business it can only be good for for the job you do as trustees and that's as you say the the uh, the regulators uh, consultation on governance very much was trying to move on from lessons learned in corporate governance in the corporate code and develop that into the pension scheme board which again is very much about diversity in all manners of diversity well, undoubtedly,
0: Greg, we're going to be seeing a lot of development in this area of what exactly is going to be expected from um, professional trustees who are operating schemes on a sole trusteeship basis. It certainly seems to me that the, the the fact that there will be more schemes with sole trustees, more pension schemes with sole trustees and also more large schemes with, with sole National Pension Trustees is something that I think the regulator would have to make great efforts to turn the tide on. So I think it's almost inevitable. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how people respond to that consultation and, and how the regular, regulator reacts to those responses. But um, it's been an interesting discussion. And uh, for those of you who've been listening to the discussion of board with us this far, um, thanks very much for listening. I hope you find it interesting too.
1: Thank you.